Welcome to the Formula Nun podcast starting from P20. We are two very enthusiastic Formula One fans enjoying this season that just keeps on delivering every time, every single time. My name is Nikolai, I am the expert of the panel, if you want to call me that, and on the other side of this panel we have Patrick. Say good evening, Patrick. Good evening. I am the Perez. I have a similar car, but I'm not going quite as fast. Ooh, I like that. Mm, I like yeah. that. Topical. 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 And uh, I'm the winner. So, you know, of course I'm going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here to discuss the Qatar Grand Prix. Mm. So a new event on the Formula One calendar. Never raced there. Motorbikes have uh, raced their MotoGP specifically for quite a long time. But it is a new track for the Formula One. It was some predictions. It was a lot of predictions made, actually, that it was going to be very difficult to overtake. And um, that wasn't really proved out in the race. Yeah, what did you think of the track, Nick, given that F1 cars haven't raced there? Good or bad? I think it looked good. Um, the cars looked good around it. It was fast, mm. uh, but not boringly fast. It didn't seem to be horrendously wide open spaces or anything like that. Yeah, I, th- I thought I, I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. And the cars seemed to enjoy it as well. And there was a bit of jeopardy there with those uh, extra curbs as well. Yeah, there was. So that's yeah. So that's a different thing, which you should talk about. But they could have their tyres off the track as long as they were still on the curb. As long, what was that rule? Yeah, basically. Mm. So unusually, the, end of the track limit was the curb, not the white line. Yes. That's so the as long as they had some tyre on the white line, then they were considered to be on the sorry on the curb. They were considered to be on the track, which led them onto a second set of curbs, which were uh, let's call them front wing destroyers yes. or underbody destroyers. Mortar and pestles for your car. Just grind. Yes. Up. Yeah. Pound them down. So um, yeah, that was that was interesting and not a bad take on the track limits. I think though, actually, to me, it did seem a little bit weird and a bit jarring after the track limits always previously having been you must keep at least some wheel on those white lines to move it. it. It felt a little bit jarring. And a few times I was like, well, he's gone way off track, but it was not the case. No. Okay, qualifying. So I found this a little bit interesting. What happened at qualifying? What about you? Yes, well, I, I, I did find it interesting. And what we, what we really did see was uh, a very fast Mercedes. Very fast. Yeah, and I, I think we, we saw... I said to you after Brazil, I think, and and I'm going to say it again, we've seen two drivers pummeling their co-drivers, their their second drivers on their team, I think. With the result that we saw, that result was changed because at the end of qualifying, in the end of Q3, I don't think there was any major surprises other than other than what happened at the end. We had Gasly went off and ate one of those curbs that we talk about, Mm -hmm. which destroyed his front wing and then popped the tire. And that led to yellow flags. Uh, and after qualifying it ended, we had a few drivers. We had Bottas, Verstappen, and Sainz called to see the stewards about the yellow flag offences. So having not slowed down enough. Yes. And basically what happened, nothing to be unexpected. I think we had Bottas was penalised three places and Verstappen was penalised Five places, and that's very consistent with how they penalise for yellow flag offences that I've that I've seen. So three places for one yellow flag, and two places for two. So uh, if you're not uh, aware, right, I can't okay. remember if we've, we've discussed it or not. A single yellow flag is there as an incident ahead, uh, and you must be prepared to slow down. Double wave yellows is slow down and be prepared to stop. 
They each mean different things. Either way, if you set a fast lap time under double wave yellows, normally the time would be deleted. And there was some technicality under which it wasn't deleted this time. I can't remember what that was. Uh, and there was also a bit of confusion. So I saw some video where Verstappen's in his car. On the left-hand side, the marshals are waving yellow flags. On his steering wheel, which normally has a light, like a yellow light for yellow flags, the light wasn't on. And the light panel, which would normally tell the drivers uh, there's like a big LED light panel, that wasn't yellow either. So I actually think there were some mitigating circumstances there for Verstappen. I don't believe that he purely just decided to ignore the ignore the yellow flags. I, I don't. Uh, and same with Bottas, potentially as well. Mm. But uh, anyway, I, I still think the right penalties were handed out, regardless of whether he intended to ignore it or what. There was double wave yellows. That's all about safety for people on the track and, you know, marshals and stuff like that, and also for the drivers as well. It's there for safety, and it must be obeyed. I think their systems maybe let Verstappen down a little bit, but... Uh, I don't think it was a <laughs> conspiracy or anything like right. that. And as usual, Twitter had erupted uh, as soon as we saw this. There was certain groups of people saying that Verstappen should be sent to the back of the grid and then other groups of people saying Verstappen shouldn't be penalised at all. And it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> I actually thought it's getting a little bit tedious, this, this almost tribalism um, that we're seeing now. I think you have two very passionate camps and both are very passionate about their driver being the best in wanting them to win so that comes at the expense of probably being rather nasty to the other one i must say though having you describe the yellow flag rules does make this more sensical to me because i found it interesting because i didn't know what was happening so as you know when you see magic tricks you're like oh that's interesting because i don't know what's happening same thing here i didn't understand the single right. and double yellows and why they were penalized differently yes it was yeah so obviously that's important because uh, the two drivers went through at different times when different levels of flag were waving. So, it adds a lot of context, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the end result of it was that, that Hamilton was starting from pole and Verstappen was starting seventh? Seventh, correct, yes. Yeah, so there was a bit of juggling around. In fact, um, as the cars went to the grid, they didn't even know where they were meant to be going on the grid because they re- uh, the FIA released it so late, the grid, uh, mm. because different people are penalised at different points and they move them around at different points. And yeah, so either way, we had Hamilton starting from the front. It looked like a pretty clear slam dunk win for him. He got away very well. Who else got away well? Gazi got away pretty well. And Alonso got away well. So we had Alonso, Alonso starting yeah. third yep. and Gazi starting second, if I remember correctly. But Verstappen made a storming start and Bottas made a terrible start. So straight away, Verstappen was up, up towards second or uh, third or fourth really quite quickly. Uh, I think he was up into third by lap four. Correct, yeah. And, and with him and I think Gasly or Alonso maybe in second at that point, I think. And uh, Gasly, I can't remember whether Gasly was behind or ahead of Alonso. One of my notes here that I've got is actually that Gasly was anonymous in this race. In fact, had quite a bad race. Uh, I think it was a car issue. Okay. But he dropped back very quickly, but he did let Verstappen pass. I do remember that in particular. He did let Verstappen pass, Verstappen passed Alonso, and then he was up into second, about not that far behind Hamilton eh, at that point. I no. think he was about uh, only about four seconds behind or something like that. Yeah, and then it began to get, like, the gap in this race became rather large very quickly. But between Verstappen, Hamilton, and the rest of the grid. Mm. Yeah, so I think Verstappen started pushing Hamilton, 
and it, uh, and and at that point, I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" You know, like I thought the Mercedes was heaps faster, and then Hamilton put his foot down a little bit, uh, and and when he did so, he he opened that gap up again. But the two of them were two seconds a lap faster than anybody else. Yeah, this is crazy because twenty four seconds ahead of the rest of the pack, like not just one yeah. driver, but two drivers that far ahead is yeah. wild. Yeah, and what happened was Verstappen started pushing Hamilton. Hamilton had to respond, and they just started going faster and faster. Yeah. Uh, and so they basically forced each other into a two-stop strategy by how fast they were going. But I think that was probably a good thing for them, as we're, as we'll pick up on later on. So Max uh, pitted first, I believe, and then Lewis pitted the exact next lap. After they did that, Max was ten seconds behind, and so he didn't really gain anything by doing it. I'd hoped he would, and that maybe Lewis would play a longer game. But it's pretty much one for one. Anytime Max went to the pit, Lewis followed. This extended on lap thirty-two. To here's the numbers I've got. Verstappen was 6.3 behind Hamilton, and Bottas was 32 behind, and Perez was 51 yeah. behind. And yeah, so so massive gaps, and and all of this through Alonso was in third place still, and yes. I think that Norris was fourth, if I remember correctly. Norris was having a, a really good race. Uh, Ricardo had a not a bad race, but what it turned out was they actually had a car issue, and what was happening was the car was saying you need to fuel save. You haven't got enough fuel to make it to the end of the race. So he was going two seconds a lap slower than he would normally have gone to try and save fuel. And then eventually about halfway through, eventually they figured out, hey, that's not right. You don't need to slow down at all. That's gutting. And he was able to speed up again. So that's a bit rough, um, but rough for for Daniel Ricciardo. It looked looked worse than it was, that all that being the case, I think. And then we had the first drama, really big drama on lap 34. So what I was going to say is the grid kind of split up into a couple of groups of two stoppers and one stoppers. Right, yeah. And the one stoppers were still out, lap 34, Mm -hmm. and one of those was Bottas, had a puncture, and uh, I think that the puncture took out his nose as well, so he had to pit. And yeah, and then not, I can't remember what lap it was on, but he had to retire. Not a huge amount of time after that. He was following, even when he was following, I think he got behind Norris. He was buying one of the McLarens, he was following, and he had to pull out into the slipstream. And I thought, that's weird. And then I caught later on after the race that the team had asked them to cool the car down, and there was messages coming up on his dashboard saying cool. So they obviously had a, over, a heating issue, overheating issue on his car, and I think that's why they ultimately retired the car. And importantly, that means he couldn't take the faster lap away from Max, because they couldn't do the, us- the usual thing, slip on softs and make him run fast. Because he was out of the race. So then it became a Max versus for Hamilton very fair race. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then we had, uh, we had, who, who else was out late? We had, we had Alonso did a one stopper. There was a few other drivers who did one stoppers. It really was Alonso was the one leading that pack. Uh, Norris had a very late pit. He did too. Yeah. He pitted with a puncture. He did. A very soft yeah. puncture. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, no. But it was. No, not a soft no. puncture. Extremely hard puncture because he, he did it just as he went onto the main straight past the pit lane. So he had to go around the yeah. entire thing. He had to go the whole lap uh, around and yeah. that ruined his race as well. Yeah. Now that was quite early and he actually caught back up and finished 10th in the end, uh, which I thought was was very good. Mm. Yeah, back to the points. Yeah. And so Perez pitted as well and he was, where was he? He was third, I think, when he pitted. Yeah. But and then, then he, he dropped, dropped back to seventh. Dropped to seventh. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point we have Hamilton, Verstappen, Alonso. Yeah. And it's getting quite late in the race. I think we've got about 20 laps to go or something like that. I think, it's, like how many. I think it's 50 something. Yeah. And Alonso comes on the radio. He's looking like he's getting a podium at that point. 
Perez, who is his most likely contender for that podium position, is behind is behind Ocon, and uh, and Alonso knows this. Gets on the radio and says, "Tell Esteban to defend like a lion," <laughs> which I really enjoyed. That's a terrible Spanish accent, but uh, we got quite a few memes out of that, which I really did enjoy. And he, I think Ocon did a pretty good job. There was a very thrilling lap forty eight from this. So he was defending against Perez, and Perez got close. And then I forget which side of the corner, but Perez went one side and it looked like it was over. And Ocon then snuck straight back in and did this whole take, retake, retake thing, which I found thrilling. Yeah, it was. It was good. I think people people gave Ocon a bit of crap, but I actually think he did about as well as he could have with the car he had and the, and the tire conditions totally. that he had. Yeah. So moving on a little bit, a little bit down the track, we started having a couple more tire failures and we had one from George Russell. Yep. And then one from the TV about a lap later. Yeah. And at this point, people start getting worried and everything carried on. And then the FIA decided to throw a virtual safety car. Yeah. And this is so close to the end. It was really close to the end. Now, what happened was there was debris on the track. So they decided to throw a virtual safety car. What that meant was it sort of protected Alonso a little bit because there was about two or three less laps for him to be caught by Perez. Mm. And it also made it very difficult for setting fastest laps because at that point, Verstappen had the fastest lap, if I remember correctly. You're right, yes. And there was some discussion between the teams on setting fastest laps. Hamilton wanted to pit and set a fastest lap, was advised that it wouldn't work because he would have had to have pitted out of the lead on the last lap to do it. So the only person that could actually do it really was Verstappen. And they took that chance because they had a huge gap behind, so they pitted for softs. And on the last lap, they set the fastest lap of the race again to make sure that they took that away. So that's six point swing in the championship rather than seven points, which eight uh, points. could be, uh, I mean, if, that could be it, couldn't it? It could have yeah. been eight points if Hamilton Well, it's got a it. two point swing. Yeah, it's mm. a two point difference, isn't it? Yeah. So so that could have been massive. And actually, uh, I've actually noted as well, when I was listening to the BBC F1 preview podcast, they were talking to Mario Sola who is the, I think, Pirelli? I hope I got his name right, is the Pirelli man. And he said he did not think a one-stop would work. It was right on the limit of tyre life and that a two-stop would be faster anyway. And I think he was pretty much proven... Bang on. Well, spot on. Yeah, he was bang on. And I think, yeah, I mean, three, four of the drivers who attempted one-stops had punctures. Yeah, pretty telling. So, yeah. And uh, I think, you know, Alonso really cruised at the at the end i think as much as he did oh, totally. he was told to stay off all the curbs and everything yeah and it was i mean it was such a great drive from alonso because he did that on merit yeah. maybe bottas potentially could have you know got that yellow flag penalty so that's out of the ordinary perez qualified 11th um, that was just where he qualified and he raced through the fourth that was as good as he could do so alonso came third on merit and that is Pretty amazing, as far as I'm concerned. And so he got his first podium in how many years? Uh, seven years. It was yeah. 2014, if I remember correctly. Uh, Hungarian Grand Prix 2014, I think, was his Sounds last right. penalty. Uh, his last podium, actually. And uh, Hungary 2003 was his first win. So he had uh, he had an 11 year spell there where he'd you know <laughs> been regularly winning. Yeah. And yeah, and then uh, and then some years in the doldrums, and that must have felt pretty good. It must have felt I think. great. Yeah. And and more because it wasn't, you know, that was on merit. Yeah, it it wasn't some there random circumstance crashes. that led yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he genuinely drove oh, really man. well. Yeah, 
And and I think now you might be beginning to sort of see why Alonso is considered to be so special. You know, he's is he forty? I think he's forty, or he's very close to forty. What what he can do, it, it really is incredible. And I admire the guy. I admire his tenacity. He's not always the most tactful person. I think sometimes he says things he shouldn't, and he loves to big himself up. But I I find that kind of amusing. But geez, you can't fault his tenacity no. and and his never ever give up and never say die that he that he, the way he races and he brings it every weekend yeah it's re- it was really heartwarming to see yeah and i i think red bull would have been quite disappointed that perez didn't get third so this is honest. yeah this is why i made the intro joke because I, he has the same car as max and i thought he would be yeah. able to i don't mean i know alonso is a very good defensive driver but still perez yeah. maybe should have qualified higher and should have raced and and, and i think what get got Perez out of jail a little bit, took the heat off him, was the fact that Bottas didn't finish the race. So it didn't make it as bad. True. When you're looking in the Constructors' Championship, I'm, this, we're talking about ten po- less than 10 points apart, I think. Yeah, this you know? is like, really good for Red Bull, this race for the Constructors. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So McLaren have had a bad triple header. They've scored mm. only four points in three Sorry, races. Nick. Yeah, so going from being way ahead of Ferrari and genuinely having looked like the better car all year. Having that one-two win. Yeah. And look, I think they've had some pretty bad luck as well. I don't, I don't think anyone would deny that. But man, it's been pretty rough. And I think they're taking it pretty rough as well. Yeah. And I genuinely think at the moment the Ferrari is the faster car anyway. Yep. I also think unless Ferrari crash out for the next races, the Constructors' Championship is theirs. For yeah. them in terms of uh, this fight yeah that third place and I, I, be- I believe it's somewhere in the region of 10 or 12 million uh, we should really look this up at some point because we always say it's tens of millions but we never know I don't think you'll find the answer anywhere oh is this a secret? it's a secret uh, yeah you, you, we, we might get rough figures but everyone's taking a stab in the dark because I don't think anyone knows the actual numbers well this sounds like a Detective Patrick thing to go and look up yeah well you might find something but I, I believe that uh, there's special deals behind the scenes as well um, where different teams get paid different amounts depending on how long they've been in the sport. It, and it's all that fine. I'll just stuff. email Michael. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't see Michael in action on the radio this we didn't. weekend, I don't think. Everyone played very Disappointing. Fair. Yeah. Very disappointing, actually. And uh, yeah, so I think at the moment, I know Max Verstappen doesn't believe in momentum. But the momentum is with Lewis Hamilton. Yes. Undoubtedly, that car is very, very fast. Yeah. And there is still some chatter about that. I believe Red Bull have said, I don't know if it's nonsense or not. But what's basically happened is Red Bull think Mercedes had done something to their wing. The FIA come up with some new tests and then Red Bull said, oh, well, they, they fixed their wing for this weekend, so it doesn't matter. And uh, their straight line speed advantage has gone away, which is yeah, interesting. I thought this was interesting because... Yeah, it doesn't seem to be as powerful it was as it was last week. But Lewis did not have his new engine. But how steep is the drop off from a new engine? Like in one race, do you lose that much? I I don't know, and it's interesting that Christian Horner was asked. Okay, well, Mercedes has bought this new engine. Look, they just completely negated the penalties for it. Like you're going to do the same, and they said, well, no, because we don't think with the Honda engine. The Honda is hanging on better than the Mercedes. Right, race. yeah. So I think because of this issue they've got with the Mercedes engine, they've been maybe turned it down a little bit to keep it to alive. To keep it alive, okay. Mm. Where, yeah, whereas the Honda, they haven't had to turn it down. 
So they they don't really have a huge amount to gain from picking up a new engine. Yes. So here here's my thinking is right it's now Spygate that Mercedes again. looks faster. Yep. Agree. Yeah. It's totally Spygate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's not bring that up. So uh, Mercedes definitely the faster car. We've got two races to go. Even if Mercedes is faster right now, it looks like what we're seeing is the two second drivers are not near enough to be able to impact the result of the race. As far as I can see, I, I don't know if you disagree with that, but I haven't seen really any evidence that suggests to me that either Bottas or Perez are going to be able to interfere between Max and Lewis. I see Max and Lewis front row of the grid, unless something really weird happens, front row of the grid first and second or finishing first and second at the next two races. Totally agree, yep. Now, I think that the next track will suit Mercedes, but I don't really know. And no right. one knows. Abu Dhabi is such a, it's such a tricky one because last year, Red Bull dominated that race. So here's my hope. Here's my real hope is that Lewis wins the next race. Max finishes in second. They're near enough to equal on points. And then we have two very even cars for, for the last race. Right. The only downside with something like that, I think, is that it could take one quirky event to, to decide the championship. But This is what I think. Oh, man. I think there's going to be some yeah. random tragic moment where there's a puncture, there's a crash, one car Someone's is about to be pop. lapped, spins out and hits one of the title contenders, and it's not going to be a, I don't want to say a fair and just win, but it's going to feel a little, you know, rough. A, an anticlimax, is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, like it's taken away from the race. It just becomes an inevitable because somebody finished and somebody didn't. I, and my, my, my fear, I guess, is not actually that. It, it's that the Mercedes is so much faster than Verstappen. There's literally nothing Verstappen can do about it. Uh, and in the next two be, races, yeah. Hamilton just finishes ahead of him and, and it's game over. That would be disappointing after the season that we've had because the season that we've had has been full of drama. It's been ebbs and flows. It's been one driver dominates and, and another comes back. And that's what I want to see. That's how I want the season to end. I genuinely do not care who wins. I genuinely don't. Really? I'm just, I don't. Earlier in the season, I thought I would be disappointed if Max didn't win because I feel like Hamilton's won a lot of championships on the trot. But now I feel like so both drivers deserve this championship so much, I don't care who wins. It's not going to matter. It's not because of a faster car here or better reliability there or anything like that. It's purely they both deserve it. And whoever whoever takes it is going to be well-deserving and whoever doesn't get it is going to be really unlucky. But they're going to have fought a hard championship. I mean, I agree that they either either one would deserve it, but I still want Max to win. Why? Tell me why. Because I want him, like, he's the underdog. I enjoy the underdog story. And... Is he the underdog? Well, he f- How is he the underdog? Literally anyone who's not Lewis to me is the underdog. Because Lewis has won right. for so many, like, you know, I just want someone to topple the, the, the king, you know? Because an underdog okay. story is always more enthralling than someone wins again. Yep. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I I mean, at the start of the season, Max was the underdog, but he, he he's not the underdog now. He's he's led more he's won more races, he's led more laps, he's taken more pole positions, he he's led the championship for longer, he's not the underdog in this fight. Who is? There is no underdog. They're both <laughs> up dogs. They're both dogs. Well <laughs> I want I want Max dog to win. <laughs> yep. I I respect that opinion and, and certainly I think that would be Probably good for Formula One, but I don't know. Like I say again, this this whole season's been so good. How can you? How can you, know, you, you 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 can't grudge it, begrudge anyone. I I just I can't wait. Um, I wish 
the last race was on at a time that was more reasonable. <laughs> I might even, for the last race, I may even look at taking a day off work and watching it live. I'm I think it's just been similar just to make it. Yeah. yeah. It's been such a thrilling season and uh, truly. Now, there are a few ways under which Max could win the championship at the next race. I don't think there's any way that Lewis can, but obviously because he's behind in the championship. Mm-hmm. But I think if Lewis finishes, if Max wins and Lewis finishes any lower than sixth or seventh, Max takes the championship in the next race. Oh, really? So, yeah, there are possibilities for that to happen. Right. Not likely, but possible. Yeah. Yeah. Not likely, but possible. Now, you have got some naughty drivers to talk about. I do have some naughty drivers. I have calculated the points again and our bad boy ratings have changed. So the main one that we care about is Max Verstappen used to be sixth earlier in the year, the first time we did this. Now he's third. He's, he's really up. coming up. He has. He's on the podium. He's, he's on the podium. He may even win this at some point because it's still uh, Perez and Vettel. They are tied neck and neck. And then it's Max sitting pretty. And I feel like Perez and Vettel have not got a lot of penalty points this year. Or neither has Max, actually. I think the... Uh, Monza and the last race in Qatar? Yes, first, yes. First points for Max? Yeah. Yeah, first big points. So, yeah, I mean, Perez has got seven this year, Vettel's got six, and Max has got four. But the bad boy rating is, like, basically how many points consistently per season. And because Max has got more points, his has gone up, whereas Vettel and Perez are both roughly the same as every other season. There's some there's some surprising people in there as well. Um, I think, you know, Norris is pretty high up there. Uh, which maybe isn't surprising. I think he's caught a few, which I think have been a little bit rough. And as we discussed, you know, he was penalized for one thing in Austria that Max wasn't penalized for later on in Brazil. Yes. So I think you could argue he's been hard done by to a certain extent. Yeah. Lance Stroll, pretty high up there. I mean, if you count only the drivers who are active in the season, it goes Perez, Vettel Verstappen, Stroll, Raikkonen, Bottas, Norris, Giovinazzi, Sainz. Then at the bottom, Ocon, Russell, Latifi, Mazepin, Sonoda, Gasly, Hamilton, and Alonso, and then at the very bottom, Leclerc and Ricciardo. Yeah, I think Ricciardo, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I it think does. He, he's, he's a hard racer, but he's very he's fair. He's very clean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised Stroll's so high, but anyway. Yeah, he is. Canadians are meant to be nice. I don't know what's going on. Well, he's the future world champion, so he's got to you know have his elbows Ooh. out at some point. <laughs> I'm never letting it go. All oh, right, and I don't blame you. So if you would like to get us in, in contact with us here at Mr. Apex Podcast, you can find us at Formula One, Formula None. Sorry, we couldn't quite sneak the Formula One one. FormulaNone.co.nz. You can email us, contact at FormulaNone.co.nz. And you can tweet us at Formula None Pod. We would welcome your interaction. If you listen to the podcast, if you enjoy it, let us know. If you don't enjoy it, let us know. If you want to argue with us, by all means, we might not even ignore it. So it's been a, another thrilling race. We have just two to go. I know. Uh, before we have to deal with the off season. It's been great. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and we'll catch you next time here on Formula None.